Welcome back to the skinny on WMNF 88.5 FM. My name is Ray Roa. I'm the editor in chief at Creative Loafing Tampa Bay. Um, I'm here with uh, my favorite boat captain, freelance journalist, and author, Ben Montgomery. Hello, Ben. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right, Ray. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Glad to be here. You got to share this mic since we have so many people in the studio today. It is, uh, is going to be a fun show. And uh, we have some good news about Mitch. Um, bad news is he's still exiled in Tallahassee, um, covering the latest legislative session for his nonprofit newsroom, Florida Phoenix. But uh, we're, we ha- we'll have some good news about him in a sex. And I mean, a sex. Did you say I did. I did. Speaking of sex, Ben, someone sent us a question. Uh, they want to stay anonymous, but I wanted to read it uh, real quickly. Um, it's uh, Here's a question. I'm a 40-year-old married lady. How does one go about arranging a threesome with their 48-year-old husband? Husband is on board. We don't go out often and definitely don't want to have a tryst with someone we know. It's kind of a bucket list thing for me. I don't think eyes wide shut is our type of scene. Apps give me the ick. Is paying a professional uncouth? Please advise on a good starting point. Um, so um, I'm not going to answer that yet. Is Mitch here? Do we know? All right, Mitch is not here yet. Maybe we will. Um, uh, we, we had planned to open up with Mitch uh, today um, with a legislative session. Maybe he'll pop in, or if not, we'll, we'll get him next um, week. <laughs> well, let's tell people what we're do- what we're doing yeah, we're here, doing. Ray. Yeah. Uh, so we got chatting after last week's show. Uh, and uh, if you know anything about the station, Skip, who works the boards most days, uh, was uh, was saying he'd be gone next week. And uh, anyways, long story short, we got to a good conversation with him about how he – do you re- recall how long he's been with uh, – I can't remember how long, but he's like the happiest guy, and he's always talking about his wife and what they're doing. They're going on a cruise, and I was like, this guy – is good at husbanding. He's got some secrets that we all need to hear. And so we talked about bringing him and his wife on the show pre-Valentine's Day to give us uh, their secrets. But, of course, Skip would be gone. So we're not going to do that. Um, so what we've done here, and, and we want to answer your questions, we have uh, Creative Loafing Tampa Bay's in-house witch and founders of Ebor City's new comedy venue, The Commodore, uh, to help us answer these things. So you heard the question. Um, you can send your question in uh, to dj at wmnf.org. We'll address them on air. Or you can connect with us. Call Irene, who's answering the phones for us. The phone number is 813-239-9663. If you're into texting, not sexting, uh, do that at 813-4330-885. Um, um, I want to introduce like our, our guests here because I think Mitch is not there. Um, Kelly Buttermore and Kevin Mikowski uh, opened the Commodore on the corner of 7th and Nebraska in Ybor City late last year. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the district's newest comedy venue. It's, it's really cool. It's right behind La Sedema Wine Bar there. Um, really cool block. There's going to be a soccer, a professional soccer team practicing across the street soon, um, I think. And you guys specialize in Wait, Is that, that true? It, it is. They're building, uh, the Tampa Bay Sun is building their uh, soccer facility there, their practice facility on that lot. Uh, near the um, Centura Asciano. How do soccer players feel about improv comedy, just in general? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think you would know that. I mean, ho- hopefully, hopefully the team is good enough so it doesn't look like improv comedy. That's right. Um, also here with us is Ke- oh, go ahead. No, <laughs> Caroline DeBrol is here. Um, Hello. She is our in-house witch at Creative Loafing. Um, <laughs> the it best is, title on the masthead. It is. No. And you also uh, write the Oracle of Ebor column uh, for us twice a month uh, in Creative Loafing. Well, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Yeah, so I, I do do uh, advice. This is my first time going completely off the cuff without the 
uh, help of the cards. I'm just going to be running my mouth and giving my opinion all willy-nilly. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I was like, we can't read the cards, but I think you should answer these questions. So let's repeat this question here. Um, I'm a 40-year-old married lady. How does one go about arranging a threesome with their 48-year-old husband? Husband is on board. We don't go out often and definitely don't want to have a tryst with someone that we know. It's kind of a bucket list thing for me. I don't think Eyes Wide Shut is our type of scene. Apps give me the ick. Is paying a professional uncouth? Please advise on a good starting point. Commodorians, is that what they call you? They do now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what say you? And introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Kevin, by the way. And Kevin I'm, Ke- yeah. I'm Kelly Bottomore. I was just going to say, so she doesn't want the apps. She doesn't want friends. And what was the other thing that she doesn't want? Uh, like ice white like, shit. You know, she doesn't oh, want yeah. like a tryst. She doesn't want like a doesn't want to hook up with somebody she knows. What does it mean that that, that she doesn't want eyes eyes wide shut? For those of you who haven't seen the movie, well, I think it's the movie by Stanley Kubrick. I also think it's a swingers club that's like out on the highway by the IKEA. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, not that I know that personally. <laughs> I've just driven by it before, yeah. and I was like. I wonder what that is, and looked okay. it up. Okay, yeah. so no, so no swingers clubs is uh, yeah. yeah. All right, but that seems like all the things. Like they're not just going to run into a single lady at Applebee's or something and somehow realize that she's down for a threesome. Right? Well, does that clearly you've not been to an Applebee's yeah. on a Tuesday night? <laughs> uh, um, I was intrigued by the part of the question where they say they don't go out much. Like, I don't know how to. How are we going to make this happen for them? What category of person is still on the table for this? I don't know. Caroline? Yeah. <laughs> my parents are listening to this. I'm super oh, yeah. excited. Sorry, Mom and Dad. My husband's listening, too. Sorry, Steve and Kathy. Um, well, they did say, like, is it uncouth to hire a professional? I don't think it is uncouth. I think with... They said... The part of the question that I liked was they said bucket list. So this is not something they might be looking for to, like, an everyday occurrence. Maybe it's just going to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So I think hiring a trusted brand specialist with years of experience, a lot of uh, five-star reviews, that might be what they uh, are looking for with with the budget. So. Are there five-star reviews on having a tryst? Uh, and now my parents are going to be horrified that I know this. <laughs> there, there are. There's actually websites you can go to um, where you can look up uh, your independent sex worker. Uh, you can... Some of them go on tour, so you can hire someone who's, like, based out of Atlanta that is, like, just in town for a week, so you don't have to run into them, like, getting a pub sub uh, every once in a while. And, you know, you can, like, they list, like, what they do and all that kind of stuff. Ray, I, I don't mean to seem yeah. out of uh, out of the loop uh, here, but does CL uh, still have sort of back-of-the-book classified ads that might, uh, you know, address something like this? Yeah, so, Caroline, you live in the back-of-the-book. You open the back. <laughs> I, I, I do, yes. You, you it's open, me and all the ads. You open, you so. open the back-of-the-book uh, with um, the Oracle, which is a great column. Um, gosh, it's going on four years. It is going on four years. I uh, really have a deep relationship, and our readers do. Too, and we still run Dan Savage every week, who is a West Coast do. legendary. Although when you pitched that column, it was Dan's kind of West Coasty, kind of snarky. So you've brought a warmth and um, a little bit more kindness, I think, too, uh, to the back pages of, of uh, Creative Loafing. Um, but yeah, we still do that. And, and honestly, I think I'm only brave enough to talk about these things because of Dan Savage. So shout out um, to him. So from the from the Commodore, Kelly and I both and just nodded. By the way, we <laughs> just bad radio. nodded approvingly at the mention of Dan Savage. Well, I was going to have us raise our hands to see who in the room has had um, uh, a threesome, but that's that's bad radio too because nobody can see that. Um, 
I think we have some calls coming in, but Ben, uh, you well, okay? Well, well, I just think it's important to remind people to uh, to call us if you have questions about love and relationships that our experts assembled here can help us answer. Uh, maybe it helps others out there. Call in 813-239-9663 or send us an email with your question, dj at wmnf.org. Ben, I, I think uh, you you received a question um, that we want to present to our esteemed guests here. Um, it's another relationship question. Yeah, uh, uh, caller writes in. Um, did uh, what are the ethics around keeping the nudes that uh, of an ex that an ex has sent you while you were in the relationship together? Can you keep those? I'm pretty sure you can't keep those. <laughs> yeah, right. and why? Uh, I don't know, because I feel like I would get yelled at if I said anything other than that. <laughs> I feel like that's the only answer you can say in front of yeah. people. You heard the word ethics. I think it's the right answer, but, you know, I, you know. Well, like, what would be the reason to keep them? Like, if they're your ex, are oh, these Kelly. nudes? What? <laughs> well, just like, if the relationship is over and you've severed ties with this person, do you still see them objectively? You know, hot that way. Yeah, I think some people. I think they keep them for blackmail. That yeah, would well, not that, be okay, yes. right? No, no, that that no. Yeah. So nefarious purposes aside, where right. it's like you shouldn't blackmail people. Um, <laughs> I think it's also like the gentlemanly thing to do. Just like if you break off an engagement, like legally you get to keep the ring because like it's a gift that goes to you. But like it's it's kind to return the engagement rings. Just like you've broken up, I think it's kind to delete the nudes. I think that's just like you know being being courteous and civil in the. Situation. I think maybe if you only have a hard copy and you keep it in a safe deposit box or something. Yeah. Every once, every once a year, you go, you go there, look at it, say, "Oh, that was nice." Do people yeah. still keep but hard no copies? Digital copies. Of, uh, of no, I material? don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but what happens if you if you forget the combination to the lockbox? What what do you have to tell the locksmith? Uh, my nudes are in this box. <laughs> I, I feel like if somebody knows how to break into a safe, they they know that people keep a variety of things, legal and illegal, in there. So I, I feel like they've seen it all. And like a printout of a nude from a from like a grainy text is not going to be the worst thing they've ever seen. Okay, and and by the way, we're we're getting some emails. A little, some people are confused because we normally talk about hard news on this show. <laughs> Um, so, so uh, Mitch is in Tallahassee. He's working on coming on Zoom. I think he'll be able to update us at the bottom of the hour. Um, okay. And um, we'll see if we can get Mitch on here a little bit uh, later. But we have a, another question. And I just wanted to point out to our loyal listeners who are used to hearing news. We are definitely, this is a little bit of a shift. Uh, the topic <laughs> is, is, is a little bit um, um, different. And did we give that disclaimer? Um, yeah, I, I did want to uh, point out that uh, whatever we say here does not necessarily reflect the views of the Nathan B. D uh, Stubblefield um, Foundation. So um, the voices you're hearing, by the way, uh, uh, Kelly Buttermore, Kevin Mikowski, co-founders of Ybor City's new comedy, th comedy theater, The Commodore, also Creative Loafing Tampa Bay's in-house witch and Oracle of Ybor columnist Caroline DeBro. We have another question from Joseph. How does a guy navigate a relationship with a woman who has extreme insecurity and jealousy issues? The answer is to just break up, but I really love her. What do we tell Joseph here? Couples therapy? Yeah. I, or individual yeah. therapy? What if they're broke? Talk to a friend, a trusted friend. I, I, I feel like we're missing context. Like, what, yeah. what level of jealousy and insecurity, like, is she going to, like, 
murder your friend that you were hanging out with, uh, like that biker did in Austin? Or is she like just going to like cry a lot? Like, Lorena what? Bobbitt levels, mm. maybe. Uh, um, let's call it somewhere in between checking your phone in the middle of the night. Okay. What, what does Joseph do here? Yeah. Uh, how long? I'm, <laughs> you need yeah, more context. Yeah, I, I, I do. Context. I do more context. Yeah. Like, I want to know what the consequences are for Joseph. Jo- yeah. I mean, he wa- he's thinking that he has to break up with, uh, with this person. Who he uh, loves. B- who he loves, but he doesn't want to. But there is jealousy. Is there is there jealousy for good reason? Like, has Joseph given reasons for that to be jealous? Has Joseph been an upstanding uh, partner and the other partner just had bad relationships in the past, all of that. I, I feel think, like Joseph needs to call in. I think, yeah, yeah Joseph yeah, calls Joseph, in. 813-939-9663. 813-239-9663 if you want to call in, Joseph, or anybody, really. Um, I have another one uh-huh. um, here. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is about... Um, kind of in the same vein. This one has a little bit more context. Uh, my boyfriend likes to be tied up and left alone. I'm happy to do it for him, but he also likes to be tied up and left alone when there are other people in our apartment who don't know he's tied up in another room. Is this a consent violation? Commodoreans. The people that are there, their consent? Like yeah, they don't, I think, Because they don't know there's a tied up person? I think the yeah, you're violating like, them. This guy's tied up in his own room there are other roommates or something living in this apartment or dinner guests maybe dinner guests maybe and they don't know that somebody's tied up in that well if they're tied up they can't really do much damage they're not much of a threat no so so (laughs) you'd be okay with like what if like Like, (laughs) what if there's somebody tied up underneath this radio desk right now like how would you feel if you found that out oh i don't care i mean but isn't that different though than like if you go to their house and they're tied up isn't it like they're indisposed so you're like well i mean it's their house their rules like some people don't let you wear shoes inside and you know some people want to be like tied up and i'm assuming gagged so like they don't make noise nobody said gagged Um, i don't know i mean do they want to be like tied up and screaming for help in the other room and then you just like feel weird that you're not helping them um, yeah, how vocal are they? Because yeah. are they just like, like are they just like, like alone on the bed, just tied up and just it's not like crating a dog and putting the dog <laughs> in the crate, <laughs> yeah. right? Just like whining occasionally. Yeah, my, and you're like, it's fine. Well, my She'll dog get just that. The dog that's that he does that. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Well, how does it end? Does she just come back in a couple hours later and just let him go? Like that's it. It seems like he. He just had some I'm, time alone with his thoughts. Yeah, I'm fixated on the alone thing. So he he wants this person to tie him up he, and, and like he wants to be left alone he's not bothering anybody maybe we don't know Again, i don't know is, I don't know. is he yelling for help <laughs> or is he just docile like in the closet <laughs> yeah like, just, just hanging it's out. uh it's it's a tuesday at seven o'clock i don't care if you're having dinner guests or not it's my like tie up time yeah, yeah speaking like from experience like playing. if i go to over to a friend's house and i hear muffled screaming from the other room i that might be a, a sort of a, a red flag to me an exciting red flag. <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be, I, I'd probably ask questions. Like, what's that? Yeah, like, is uh, what's what's going on? <laughs> and if their response is just, don't worry about it. Yeah. Do you ask more follow-up questions? Or are you just like, I guess we're just here for Mahjong? So I, I guess we're falling on, it's not a consent violation. Is that what we're saying here? This I, is a real person on the other line, guys. They need help. Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, if you go to somebody's house, that you know, whatever's in their room is their business. That's right. The door is shut. 
And they can't they can't affect you in any way. Yeah, it's like they're not in public, so it's not like a stranger. It's like they're in their own they're in their own home. Um, they, I I feel like I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with I think it's okay. I don't think it's a consent violation, uh, but I you know I don't tie a lot of people, people up. up. <laughs> I don't people over to my house. So I agree with that. I mean, it's tough, but I think again, it is the fact that it's their house that cinches it for me. Mm-hmm. Thank right. you. What Thank you. you? I think you, we said, yeah, right. yeah, you, you don't think? go to somebody else's somebody house else. and tie up somebody and leave them in their room. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think if you're going to somebody that's else's no house, yeah. your boyfriend likes to get tied up. You don't tell people. I don't, and they never find out. I don't think it, it's a consent. But I mean, what else do they have in their um, their bed stand? Exactly. You know that I don't know about. Yeah, I kind of, I, let's, I, let's put it this way. Let's go the news route. What if we're talking about a concealed weapon? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing for me. So I think it's cool. We got another question here. Yeah, uh, we're b- blown right through uh, uh, from a uh, from a listener. I, thirty five year old female, have been with my incredible partner, thirty four year old male, for nearly a decade and a half. We love each other and want to be together in perpetuity. But I'm an extrovert who misses living with roommates and friends. And in that vein, I love the idea of quote one day both of us each having another partner that we can love as friends or something more. Like I have this dream of living together as a big happy family where we are all in love and friends. Sounds like big, big thief. Uh, The problem is my partner is a supreme introvert, but the idea of only living with one one other person in a car, we don't (laughs) want kids for the rest of our lives, feels a little lonely. Is there any compromise or do I give up on my dream of living in a lovely cozy house with multiple husbands and for him to have girlfriends that can be my bestie sister wives? What do we think? She put them in touch with the uh, the first the first uh, email that you got. Okay. With the ones that were looking for for a threesome maybe we you can Yeah, maybe we can start a chat room or a Discord. Yeah. <sighs> It's a very interesting question. And I just, I really want to commend this listener. And I mean this sincerely. I love how specific her want and her like dream is. She knows exactly what she wants. And I, I feel like if her partner, whether he's an introvert or an extrovert, you know, being able to be open to that and respect that, I mean, can you move beyond your sort of personality type to be able to embrace something different, especially when your partner has such a specific want, you know? So I I think that if it's, one, they've been together for a long time, so a decade and a half. A decade and a half. And 34? 35 yeah. and 34. Yeah, mid-30s. So, so 19, so they got together when they 19 20. and 20, wow. so okay. very, very young. So I, I've answered a couple questions uh, in the Oracle before about people who were like, thinking about polyamory or doing that. And I have friends who are in the polyamorous lifestyle. I have uh, one friend who is in a polycule of 12 partners. Um, and so uh, four of them do live together and they have things. It's a lot of scheduling, uh, a lot of board game nights. Mm-hmm. And, but they're all and like, they're, you know, they like, some of them are married. Some of them are, are not, they're just partners. Some of them, uh, but like all of them are raising children together. Do they have an org chart? Uh, I'm assuming <laughs> they do. They live in Portland, so they must. Uh, I'd be curious to see that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I think if this is something that you want to do, and I think that is a lifestyle that definitely attracts some people, I think that is something that you should do and you should be very consensual with it. And everyone needs to be 100% on board because I think if you go against it, it's like if you, I don't know, if your partner's like really into like kickball and it's like, will you join my kickball league? And you're like, nah, man, that ain't for me. 
But then you're like, find yourself playing kickball every single Saturday and Sunday. And you're like, this is hell. I don't want to be, do this anymore. Um, you know, you can't play kickball. So I think that it's, if it's something that, if you, that's something that you really want in that dream, and that is something that you feel like your life will not be satisfied until you get it, uh, to have all those partners, then I think that might be, you know, a, a breaking point. But if it is something that you, you know, think that you can, like, let go of because you want to be with this per- person for the rest of your life, then I think that might be a dream that is deferred. And, like, you know, if – mentioned and talked about having a lot of friends and a lot of people. So, you know, maybe if you, like, have a house with, like, a, you know, an ensuite, you know, cu- some couples, like, are married and do – love each other very much and spend their time together but like somebody has one house and somebody has the other house next door and so if the introvert like needs to have their own little she shed in the backyard you know that's what they have uh then you can live in your house with all your roommates but i think if it's if it's really really important to you and it's really not something that the other person values i don't think that is a like just a few conversations to like get them on board i think that is a i think that might be a breaking point let me let me ask a question like maybe down to the root of this question um, what does it really mean to want to be in a polyamorous relationship versus somebody who's just like greedy? <laughs> You're gonna get canceled, right, Roya? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, some people may think they're poly, right? And some people are poly. But from like, you know, you got you have friends who are poly. Like, what is the difference between when do you really know? You know that it's real. Is is there a way? I think for my friends, and sorry, like I'm dominating the Commodores. Uh, I think like for my friends, it's not just like they like have a primary relationship and like they sleep with other people. Um, so it's not like an open marriage. It's like they have like other partners that they are emotionally committed to and they like are all open and like partners are dating partners and everything like sort of goes into this. So I think it's if you want to have that actual relationship. I also think that, you know, if you want to just have like a primarily emotional relationship and then like, just have partners like that you have sex with and like you know you're not gonna like hang around and listen to the splendid table on sunday afternoons together you know <laughs> that, you know it's you know it's just the it's just the sex and everything is off the table you know i think that's something else too but for me i when i hear polyamorous i think people want to actually have something a little deeper than that so if that is something that you want to have and you want to go with it i think that is something to try but i also think some people in relationships um for example, sometimes uh, the gentleman will be like, I think we should open up our marriage and then discovers that the wife can get a lot more boyfriends very quickly than the uh, husband can get new girlfriends. And then all of a sudden they don't want to have an open marriage anymore. I think that was a King of Queens episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're just joining us here on The Skinny, um, you're used to hard news. Yeah. Today we took a little bit of a pivot. We kind of turned it into Loveline because you only get one chance to do a Valentine's Day show. So the voices you're hearing are Caroline DeBrule, Creative Loafing Tampa Bay's in-house witch, who also pens a bi-monthly Oracle of Ebor column. Also the founders of Ebor City's Commodore uh, Comedy Theater, Kelly Buttermore and Kevin Mikulski, Uh they are here with us. We are taking texts. We're getting a lot of them. Um, you can text us, 813-433-0885. You can also call. Yeah, phone call coming oh, in. Yeah, I think we do have some phone calls coming in so um, Irene will screen you we'll figure out what's going on if you want to send your question you can be anonymous here 813-239-963 have a conversation um, with our panelists I want to pull up uh, a question here and I think this one's kind of uh, simple um, and maybe we'll get a good answer here how do you tell the difference between when someone says they love you in a platonic way 
and when someone says they love you in a romantic way? If you're not sure, just ask them. <laughs> it's like, do you mean like love, love, yeah, bro? Yeah, do you mean or like, like love, love? I mean, yeah. Do you want to like hold my hand? Do we, do we just want to high five? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to sound dismissive, but it sounds like a middle school question. Yeah, well, it's just like, how casual is this being said, right? Is this a tossed up? Who, what's, the, what's the, again, I need a little bit of context here. What is if this, they're scared of like ruining like a good friendship that they have, you know? Um, you know, like when you're texting with your friends and you're like, love ya, love you, love ya. Yeah. The letter U, Y-O-U. Like, how do you, how do you know? And that personal pronoun, the I, if you put an I on there, things just got real. Yeah. Yeah, How do you know? How do you find out outside of just saying, do you love me like that? Hire a private investigator. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's like ask a friend to ask their friend. Yeah, like, Um, I, I don't know. I also like. I, I tell my friends I love them with like with a with a capital I and, and a U, uh, and I, I don't think it's ever been you know questioned like do you mean that? But like you know if you're out with a friend and maybe like they get drunk and like no, but I love you and you're like but may- maybe yeah like mm. buddy buddy. Mm. I think it's something that you need to open up a conversation with, um, and then just see be like so you said this the other night, you met that like in. Uh, in- what way? Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what, what, if, way? what if they do say, just like a friend, how do you like immediately disengage and get right back to playing, you know, Jenga or whatever? I mean, you just like, cool, good to know. What right? if like, you're like, sad? I mean, just throw like a bottle against the wall, and be like, oh, look, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Pretend to receive a phone call. <laughs> we, ha- we have a phone call um, right now. Um, we're going to let the caller identify themselves if they want to. You're on the air here with our steam panel of uh, relationship experts. Yeah, this is uh, Tony from Tampa. By the way, this isn't this isn't sex, uh, or this is like cool sex talk. This isn't just like love line. This is better than that. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So, so I got a comment and a question. The comment is, so I was in a four-year relationship, and we didn't do pictures, but we did videos. It's kind of, I think, like, you know, like, almost like you, like, kind of like, um, kind of like Pornhub-ish kind of videos, but you don't see the person's face. Okay. So, and then we broke up, and she's like, hey, I want you to delete those videos. And I said, sure. But I kept them because you know, I, I did a good job directing them, so I, I kind of wanted to keep them. <laughs> and then my com- the current girl that I'm seeing right now, she's into threesomes, but she has a pregnant girl fetish. And I just wanted to ask your panel, like, what, what do you guys think about that? I don't, I don't judge people or anything, but I, I just uh, feel uncomfortable sleeping with a pregnant woman. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought. Okay. Thanks. Thanks uh, for the wow. call. Interesting. Wow. Um, I mean, I can go first. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first off, I would say if somebody asks you, we kind of address this to delete something. You should, no matter how much like Avatar it looks like, <laughs> yeah. how great it is, the cinematography. Well, um, you know, I think you definitely got to delete it, right? As a yeah, as a fellow creative person. I am sympathetic to your plight. And you're like, that lighting was so good. lighting was so good. We got it just right. I'm so sorry to lose it. But, man, I think that's got to live in your mind. I don't think, you know. I have a question. Is he still on the line? Can we ask him? Oh, no. No. We should have kept him on. I was just wondering, like, I was worried where that was going to (laughs) go. I was like, DJ Spaceship is here, and he could definitely press the dump button. He knows when to. Uh, But I was like, how graphic is this one going to get? What was your question for? Oh, I was just wondering, like, if it was just like videos just for them, like why hide the faces? 
Well, no, it was a YouTube. It was like a. It was a. Oh, thing oh that they yeah, did I think it was like public. Like well, then it's sort of out of his hands at this point. Right, you can't really delete. You can't. That, you can't right? delete it from the internet. That's true. Mm. That's true. But I think he should yeah. still delete it from his hard drive. Let's. Um, what about the other part? Yeah, he can just, just, he can just go to Pornhub and watch them whatever he wants. He doesn't need them on the hard drive. Um, what the, I mean, what the, if, if something doesn't fit your kink, right? I mean, I mean, you, that, don't do that's, it. A, that's a hard line for you. That's a boundary, right? I mean, it's like, I'm, you know, I know you want to have this experience, but I'm not, you know, these are the things that are, when you look at your yes, no, maybe list, this is a no for me, you know, and I'm not, I'm not comfortable doing this and I'm sorry to deny you this experience, but it's just not something that, you know, cause if you're going to have these experiences together, or, you know, you know, even he doesn't have to deny her the experience. No. Maybe she wants to be oh, the, right. uh, she can be the, the guest singer and the pregnant lady and their partner can be the, the house band uh, yeah. and they can go enjoy that together. Yeah, no, together. That, that's a very good point. I just, you know, it's just, these things are so vulnerable, right? And like, we never want to put ourselves in situations where it's like, I'm now doing something for you that I feel like icky about, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but we do that, don't we? Yeah, I mean, of course. We do that all the time. It just, you know, but. And, you know, to play off of what Caroline was saying, you know, give her the chance to do what she wants. Maybe yeah. you're comfortable being this side. You obviously like holding a camera. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can turn it into your own, uh, your own artistic thing. Start an OnlyFans. Get some capital into yeah. that. Buy a better light ring. You know, just. <laughs> I'm really starting to like your chat room idea. I think we need to get all these people together. Yeah, I think that's right. And they can work out a lot of their stuff. Okay, and by the way, this is not this is these views don't reflect uh, the uh, Nathan B. Stubblefield um, Foundation. Just want to say, and uh, if if you're just joining us, uh, our guests right now are founders of the Commodore Comedy Theater in Ebor City. Is that in Ybor? Oh yeah, t- tell us a little bit about where that is. Yeah, and is, what you guys are doing over there. It's on Seventh uh, in Nebraska. Um, really up and coming block over there. We got Flan Factory there, Lissetima yeah. Wine Bar, like a we're new kind of soccer team, a new apparently. soccer team apparently. <laughs> and we're the last piece of the puzzle, I think, of that particular area. So we have, um, you know, we do all kinds of comedy. So we came up at, we know each other through improv. Um, both of us have a pretty extensive improv background, but the Commodore is just all things co- improv, sketch, stand up weird stuff we got a, a like a show coming up at 10 o'clock on saturday where a guy is gonna sing the entirety of uh 99 bottles of beer on the wall for 45 minutes yes. and we're gonna give him a backing band <laughs> and uh and you're also doing an improvised inconvenient truth, truth tomorrow right? we are we are yeah. doing uh improvised <laughs> so there's this trope in improv where it's like it's this thing you know, but it's improvised, which I hate because I'm like, I'll just watch the thing I know, man. That's probably better. But um, we we have a series of uh, move, improvised movies that you would never expect to see improvised. So last month we did improvised um, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> And uh, t- tonight we're doing improvised and inconvenient truth. So what does the movie like s- screen anywhere? No, or so no. would you have to be remotely familiar with? In- and can you explain to people which inconvenient truth this is? Because I think it's is, the one. Is there is there multiple ones besides? Is there mul- Al Gore? It's yeah. the Al Gore. Yeah, it's okay. the 2006 <laughs> Al Gore documentary about uh, global warming. <laughs> so yeah, uh, no. The way we've done it is we rely on whatever incidental or actual knowledge we have of this. And then we try to improvise out that movie um, based on what we can remember oh my of goodness. it. 
and this isn't official, but I can, I did, we might or might not have a former vice president in the house with us for an in, improvised inconvenient truth. <laughs> that's right. I, I love can't, this. I can't, I can't say I can't say whether that's going to happen or not going to happen, but it's it's uh, it's possible. Let's You're going to have to go You'll there. Have to come out and see can it you to say find which out. Possible vice president. It's Dick Cheney. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. We have a shotgun. He's going to say, hide your face. Dick Cheney loves live comedy. Yeah. Um, you also just did the roast of Jose Gaspar, which I thought was brilliant. How had nobody <laughs> thought to bring Jose Gaspar to life right before Gasparilla? How, how did that go? And uh, will it return in 2025? I mean, it was great. It was fun, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it just like, we love taking kind of comedic tropes like that and then make it, the thing that we're trying to do like with the Commodore is like, it sounds kind of high, highbrow, but we call it comedic placemaking. So our theater is really like by Tampa, about Tampa. It's not the kind of place where you could just like go there, you know, and see your kind of garden variety improv shows. You really could be anywhere. We're really trying to do programming that is like specific to Tampa because there's so it's such a rich, like, mine for that kind of stuff. So the show was super fun. I mean, Gaspar roasted everybody back. Yeah. He he was the star. Sometimes during the during the roast themselves. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, well, Gaspar's Gaspar. Our, our Gaspar. friend Robert played Jose Gaspar, who was also uh, the guy with the, uh, the beer bottles that we talked about. <laughs> okay, so he'll be back. He'll yeah, be back. He yeah. has a variety of talents. And we're definitely going to bring the show back. Like, we, you know, we just opened, and so we're still kind of, you know, getting our schedule together and stuff, but like we, we want to do a whole weekend full of like Gasparilla-related comedy programming. I think we should get a float. I think so too. I think we absolutely because people should. people the only thing people like more than improv is improv in a parade. Yeah, people love together. that. <laughs> yeah, I was kicking around a story idea for next year. I wanted to do a um, story on which cruise you can join depending on how much money you had. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's how you get on a float or something like that. As, or, as your resident New Orleanian as well, uh, I can tell you that is how you get on it. Right, that, right. Or like how much booze and uh, you know other substances you can provide for free. Right, right. So, so I, I think that's how it happened. And let me ask you one more question about the Commodore. Why, like Joe Biden <laughs> is still the president? Like the, the times are hard. Like that building wasn't exactly, I mean, it was an old pool hall, I think, you know, I, I've lived there, uh, not in the pool hall, not I live around there <laughs> in the neighborhood, yeah. but like, why do it? Like, that's super hard. Like, and like, that takes a lot of money. Those are both true things. Those are both <laughs> true things. You want to take this one? Uh, sure. We wanted to. So, yeah. so we did it. We don't, the Tampa doesn't really have sort of a dedicated space for uh, that kind of stuff. We like weird, weird comedy. Uh, and we want a place to do it, so now we have that. Yeah, we just like, I mean, it was kind of, I mean, so you know the building itself, yeah. like nothing's been in there for a really long time, only been a, ever been a pool hall, like, it, the, we just went in there and the space had good bones and like, honestly, the price was was right and we were like, you know what, if we don't do this, somebody else will and it won't be this kind of theater that we want to be a part of, you right. know? So, like, we talk about these, we're kind of joking around about the 99 bottle stuff, but, like, that's the stuff we love to do. We want yeah. to give people a place to, like, have an idea, and before you think too hard about it, execute the idea and market the idea. And, like, I, I, we had this hunch when we found the space. We were like, man, Tampa's growing 
exponentially. People are moving here. Like the demographics of the city are changing and in diversifying. And soccer so many teams different popping ways. up the everywhere. Soccer teams <laughs> popping up. And we're just like, we have a hunch that there are a bunch of people in Tampa that would love this kind of stuff if they only knew that it existed. Yeah. So, and by the way, the we is not just Kelly and I. No, it's, it's also yeah, uh, Matt, Justin, and John. We should give them a shout out yeah. too. Okay. Do we have time for their last names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just John don't spell them out. Matt Walker and Justin Peters. Yeah. Good. The five awesome. of us are. So if you know, it was a lot of work for two people. It's a lot of work for five people, actually. It's kind of harder with yeah. five people, right? Well, well, the money thing is it's nice to split the cost. It's nice to split the cost. Uh, we <laughs> Building consensus among five people is not always the easiest thing to do. Not but always, but not always. five of us are mostly on the same page for things, I yeah. think. So. By the way, Kevin, you're on to something cause, uh, the, with the Discord and chat room because uh, there's a text that says, could you hook me up with the last caller? Call Maybe I could be her friend with benefits. Nice. Um, so, gosh, yes. I, I'm not even going to tell these people where the station is because we don't want any of this happening. <laughs> Um, in the parking lot. Um, hey, re- really quickly, uh, can, can how can people find your schedule? And uh, or do you have a website? CommodoreComedy.com. Commodore Comedy. We'll have all our schedule for uh, classes and shows. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So the voices you're hearing, that's uh, Kevin Mikowski, Kelly Buttermore, founders of the Commodore and Ebor City. We're also joined today by Creative Loafing Tampa's in-house witch and oracle of Ebor columnist, Caroline DeBrol. Um, I want to ask an oracle question um, here. Um, and then talk a little bit about how the Oracle works. Sure. Um, so here's the here's the question. Um, I don't want to attend my brother's wedding. He and his fiance have become incredibly conservative, and frequently says things that are anti-black, homophobic, and transphobic. As a queer woman, I don't want to be around such hateful and judgy people. I also come from a large Cuban family, and skipping an event like this will have immense repercussions. What should I do? Cuban wedding crisis. I, I remember this one because I, I wrote it uh, between hospital visits when I first got pregnant. Um, so that one, uh, try to remember. Do you remember what? Does it say like what cards I pulled for that one? Uh, no, no, no. I, right, I, no. I, I didn't. I mean, I, I, I could find it. What's your process? How do you do? Oh, this how I do those things? Yeah. So I have people. Uh, people write in. Either they email me or they um, message me on. I have an Instagram, which has been a little inactive since I. Been on maternity leave, but that's the Eboracle, Y B O R A C L E, uh, on Instagram. And so people write in, and then I uh, do a, a ritual where I, I pull a card. So I like either like chant the question a whole bunch while I'm doing it, or if they want to call me, they can call me. I can do it over the phone. Uh, You're talking I, about like Pokemon cards? Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do tarot cards. So I pull tarot cards, uh, so I'll have a different spreads for it, and then I will. Pull the questions and then do it based on the context of it. So people think tarot is very much like you're going to meet a like mysterious man and like there'll be death by water. But really, it's like it looks like you're really upset with your dad and that you feel like he's never going to be proud of you. And that leads to some depression. Do you right. want to talk about that? Uh, it's like much more hyper specific and like real upsetting because uh, it, it just tells you everything you already know. Uh, I remember for the Cuban... I have the cards. Okay, what were the cards? So the cards you pulled for the Cuban wedding crisis were a five of pentacles reversed, Mm -hmm. six of pentacles reversed, new moon, and a page of swords. Yeah, so five pentacles, it's going to be feeling like locked out. Uh, Six of pentacles is going to be like trying to like be the generous spirit. So it's like you would feel bad about that. I talked about in that question uh, like how weddings are still very political. It's like it's not really about the, the bride and groom. It's all about like... The family and everything. I'm also a wedding officiant, so I'm I'm in the wedding business. I've seen a lot of uh, wedding drama go down in my my career. Um, so, like, if you do show up, uh, you are seen as like taking the higher road, uh, and like you do earn a little more 
uh, like political power within your family. If you don't show up, people will be like, can you see that like, you know, I don't know, Mary didn't show up and like how terrible she is being. Like she is just being so petty. So it works a little bit that way. And then having the new moon there uh, with my deck, it's this idea of like there's like generate like generative ideas and like new things are going to come out of it. So basically it's going to be, you're going to look a lot better if you show up to this wedding, even though if you choose not to, you don't have to. None of my advice is, you know, legally binding in stone. I'm not a therapist or like a court appointed counselor. So, you know, you don't have to listen to anything I say. <laughs> but, um, so that, that was a, uh, an Oracle question, but. So that's the voice of Caroline DeBrule. She is Creative Loafing's in-house witch, also the columnist behind all the Oracle of Ebor column. It shows up twice a month um, in Creative Loafing. By the way, you can send some questions here um, to dj at wmnf.org. You can text them, uh, 813-239-9663. Um, that's the phone number. And you can text them, I'm sorry, to 813-433-0885. Uh, also joining us here on the radio, Kelly Buttermore, Kevin Mikowski. Yeah. From the Commodore. Um, let's squeeze another question here. You yeah, want to yeah. do, uh, do a, another one here? Yeah. Um, let's, let's keep it uh, simple, I think. Uh, and Is love ever simple, it's though, It's never right? simple. It's not. It's never simple. And I'm trying to make sure I pick a clean question because some of them <laughs> are something else. I want to see the... Um, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to my inbox. This one might have to be for the chat room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Here's one. Okay, we, we can read this one. Uh, I've recently entered into a long-distance relationship with someone six years younger. This may not seem like a huge age gap, but since we're both in our 20s, it feels significant. I've been told by everyone in my life that I'm too old for him and that the affection, support, and commitment he's flinging my way is due to his age and lack of experience. All my friends say that once he's gotten older, he'll move on to someone else. So far, it's been the most loving and serious relationship I've ever been in, despite the fact that it's long distance. I think if we were in our 30s, the six-year age gap wouldn't be important. But since the difference between 22 and 28 can be vast, I don't know how to proceed. I feel some overwhelming judgment from close friends, and everyone is telling me to get out because he'll probably leave me anyway. He's very committed and looking for ways to move to my city even though it's only been a little over a month. Should I take him seriously? What do I tell my friends, and what if they're right? Is that Cur curveball curve not... there at the end? Only been a month, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's simple math. It's half your age plus seven is the rule. So if he's 28, then 14 plus seven is 21. Yeah, 20, 22 and 28. She's 20, yeah, she's 28 and he's 22. Oh, okay, well, the, yeah, the opposite of what I said. The same thing. Yeah. Um. So... Shout out again to my parents, Kathy and Steve. They met when my dad was 20. My mom was 26. Uh, oh, they dated yeah. long distance. They got married when he was 22 and she was 28. And they've been married for 42 years. Wow. Uh, so is so, your dad you know, like, that sent this question in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Steve Jabril. Uh, so, you know, I think I sometimes people date for, you know, six years and they're like, are we going to get married? Are we not going to get married? I don't know. Some people, I mean, I met my husband and then I moved in with him after six months. Uh, and like, we just like, we kind of know. So sometimes it just, things click and you're like, I want to see this through. And so if you're dating long distance, like what's the worst that's going to happen? You mm. break up and then you don't have to see them again. Right. Like it's not like you're going to run into them. Right. So, and for what, tell your friends, like tell them to stop being judgmental. That's, and yeah. that's what I was just about to say. Like she sounds like she's surrounded by some people who really want to tell her how to live her life. Yeah. And like, if she's having an intense emotional connection with this person, you know, and it, that sounds like they're like, oh, you said 
22-year-old guy, just wait, right, whatever. But, like, he could be a very emotionally mature and developed 22. And if he's not, I don't know. It's another experience that she had, like, in her life. I mean, also, like, do you know the terrible people you date at 28 oh, that are also 28? Yes, exactly. Come on. Like, right before I married my husband, I broke up with a guy who lived in a shed. Like, literally, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Two weeks before, it was a shed. There was no bathroom. Was there electricity? Yes, but like, because it connected to another house, and okay. like, it would no, <laughs> and like he had a job too, but he lived in a shed, and that's who I was dating. Mm. So it's like you know, does Fru- I hear you, frugal? Are, are you still in touch with? Does he, does he like comedy? <laughs> this is our this is our demo, I think. <laughs> People that live in sheds, yeah. Yeah. No. Next week, high housing prices. Yeah. <laughs> we have a phone call. Ooh. All right, we're going to bring them on. You can say your name if, uh, caller, you are on the air. You can say your name if you want. Um, we have an esteemed panel of relationship experts, a.k.a. comedians and a witch, um, answering all your love questions. You can say your name. You don't have to. Um, keep it clean for the radio. Are you there? Hello? No. This is Moses Michael. I'm calling from Brooksville. And... I'm about 67, let's say 66, and I had interview, and uh, the, the interview was from Well Care Insurance, and she asked me, never nobody ever asked, uh, asked me that question. I live in Poland, Germany, Austria, Jungle, Chicago, and suburbs, and other countries, now in gorgeous place, Florida. The woman asked me, do you have problem with erection? This was a job interview? Or insurance interview? Oh, insurance. Insurance, yes. Oh, did she ask if you were like on heart medication or anything like that? No. (laughs) It was car insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Was she she flirting with you, maybe? So what happened? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, okay. I told her. I don't know English very well. Could you show me? Oh, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Moses. You know, uh, all right. So so this brings up uh, an interesting experience I had a few years ago. I won't say where, but I switched insurance and I had to go to the doctor. Um, uh, and I was married at the time. And, and I went with my wife and uh, we did the sign in. And this was a brand new doctor. We did the whole sign in thing. We had to get physicals. And so the, eventually the, uh, the, the person comes out and, and takes my wife back into the back. And by the way, it's a very holistic place. There's like bamboo flooring mm-hmm. and, you know, waterfalls and stuff, <laughs> feng shui. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, they take my wife back. And then eventually the same person comes out and they take me back. And, um, and this, it's a female who has come, come, come to get me. Anyway, she takes me into a room and uh, asks a handful of questions that you might expect. And, um, uh, you know, are you feeling good? Are you feeling okay? Any concerns today? No, no, no. Just here for a physical. She said, okay, um, I'm going to step out. You disrobe, and then I'll come back in, and we'll do the physical. And I kind of looked around. There was no gown or anything. And I was like, you mean just, like, take everything off? And she said, yeah, everything and didn't hand me a gown. That was the main thing. Didn't hand me a gown. And so, but I followed directions. I took everything off. And then, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of standing completely naked in this 
you know, a, a doctor's office. I'm just standing there, and I brought the newspaper in with me, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go. So I sat down in the little chair, and I'm reading the paper, which I then realized this is even weirder. You know, I'm now, now just a naked guy reading a newspaper. Well, in the you sat down? Office. Yeah, I sat down. Were you down. bothered by the thought of how many other naked people had sat that in that same chair? That didn't bother me. I don't know, <laughs> okay. I don't know why, but uh, anyway, she, she comes back in, and we go through the whole exam, and really, there's no part of this exam for which I need to be nude. Like, she does the whole knee knocker thing, breathe in, breathe out on my back, looks in my eyes and my ears, and I'm naked the whole time. I'm just like, She's stifling a laugh the entire time. And you're like, like, hold on, I'm I'm this is a this. Jimmy John's. Yeah, 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 exactly. so, so we run through the whole rigmarole. And, and then, you know, there's a part at the end, because I've had many, many sports physicals over the years, where they check for a hernia, and, it, and they check for, like, the separation of the testicles and that everything's okay down there. That part takes one minute after what is, like, a 15-minute exam. Um, and so she then exits. I put my clothes back on, uh, had another short, awkward conversation, and then, and then I went back out, and I asked my wife, did you have to disrobe completely? And she was like, no, they gave me a robe. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, and by the way, I had checked the cabinets. Like before I took my clothes yeah. off, I looked through the cabinets. At the, is there something I'm missing? It'd be um, funny if the robe was there and you didn't see it. And yeah, she's yeah, wondering the whole like, time, she, why is this person naked in my room? Professional the day in the office. <laughs> All these years later, I'm, I'm left wondering, like I've, you know, was it just me? Do, do you want to, like, report this? Like, do you feel like this Should was... I? Am I obligated <laughs> to for the next person? Like, all these things have crossed my mind. How could you even concentrate on the questions they asked you in the physical while you're sitting there naked yeah. being like, I feel like, like I guess Did I'm Did you still fine. have the newspaper? Yeah, well, no. I, what happened so was it was so strategically. weird. Like, because of the awkwardness of it. Actually, like when she came in, I kind of folded it back up like you would a newspaper. But then I continued to fold it into a far too small of a square. <laughs> like I just kept going with it, you know. So it's just like a tiny square in my hands. I don't know why I took it so far, but. And if you're just joining us here, we're having a really great time. Our guests here on the skinny are Kelly Buttermore and Kevin Mikowski, co-founders of Ebor City's new comedy theater, The Commodore. They have a show tonight. It's on the corner of Nebraska and Seventh Avenue. Mm -hmm. We're also here with Caroline DeBrol, uh, author of The Oracle of Ebor, calling for creative loafing. It's in there twice a month. Um, also, uh, CarolineDeBrol.com, correct, yeah, for a, a bevy of your services. I think we have time for one more question uh, here on WMNF Tampa. It comes in through text. They want to remain anonymous. Here we go. I've been happily in love with my partner of nine years. A few years ago, they decided to become an artist full-time which I was happy to cover all their expenses until they could build their career. But it's been three years now, and they still don't even make minimum wage nor work 40 hours a week on their art. Should I just keep believing in them and sacrificing my own career goals and finances, or is there a way to kindly say, when will you give up and get a job? Mm. That's a good last question for us. Have they considered a threesome? Anybody print? Well, there you go. Anything for, from the Oracle I, or from Kelly? So I think that as somebody, so I am a writer as well. So, you know, I, I moonlight as a witch. I'm also a fiction writer. Um, but because of that, I have like six jobs because uh, that's what you do when you are a creative slash a millennial in general. Everyone yeah, here just you know, works forever. 
Yeah, it's terrible. Um, or, you know, you could become a private investigator. You can do a bunch of things, like, for your gig. So I think having some sort of day job, you know, I Philip Glass, who is a amazing composer, uh, he worked as a plumber until he was in the 70s. Oh. Um, you know, a lot of other people, like David Sedaris, cleaned houses uh, well until, like, his, like, fourth book. Um, so I think, like, there's no problem. Like, there's nothing, you know, you're not giving up your art if you do this. But also, if you are not working 40 hours a week on your art, like, if you are working... 40 hours a week, there's just no time to do things. That's one. But, like, if you're just kind of piecemealing it together, maybe take a take a job as a, a wait staff somewhere and, you know, pocket a bunch of unclaimed tips and then, you know, work on your art like the rest of us do. So. I agree with all that. I mean, I think it's also just comes down to, like, what conversations are they having about mm. this arrangement? Like, it's, like, in a situation... Like when somebody is like financially supporting the other person, the only way that really works is to continually have direct mm -hmm. conversations about what that means and about if there's any like expectation that like, hey, I'm doing this like for you. Like, I want you to have this. We'll do this for now. But I would, you know, I would want you to do this for me in the future if I have this dream. You know, to me, it's like, you know, uh, and and I've like I just think that that's what it comes down to. Like you, otherwise, it is like a breeding ground for resentment. resentment. And I sort of feel like even the kind of framing of the question of like I've been Already happy to do this. Little, it feels a little bit yeah. like okay, well, you're you're clearly already carrying this around because you're sending us this question, which means that like. You need to have a talk about this. And granted, like starting any sort of business, like takes time to like make make money. So like, nothing is ever going to be like a hundred percent of the time. Like I'm going to be able to pay everything. But you know, sorry. Caroline De Brule, thank you so much for joining us today. The Oracle of Ebor is here, mm -hmm. guys. And callers and, and text messengers and everybody, thanks, thanks. for indulging us today. Switching from so a hard much. news program thanks, to talk about love. This was so know. fun. I know. Thank uh, you so much for having us. I think a quick shout to our friend Landon, show. who I know is watching or yeah. listening. He's a big fan of the show, which means he probably turned the radio off. A while oh, ago. Landon, come on. <laughs> um, that, that voice right there is uh, uh, Kevin Mikowski. Uh, he's here with Kelly Buttermore. They founded the Commodore Comedy Theater in Ybor City. Uh, what's the website again? CommodoreComedy.com. All and, right. And we're Commodore Comedy on all your social media platforms. And the Ebor Oracle is um, the Oracle of Ebor, but it's a double R, or O R, in the middle. Nope, it's just uh, Y B O R A C L E. So the Eboracle at Instagram, and then Caroline De Brule, D E B R U H L dot uh, com for all your other needs. Right on. On behalf of myself, Ray Roa, Ben Montgomery is here. I. Uh, Joe, Joe Ellen is there uh, for Art in Your Ear. Um, please stay tuned. She'll be on for the next hour right after this really happy dose of NPR news. Thanks for listening to The Skinny. We'll be back with news next.